coming up on Texture Talks. I always stood out. I was never like really black enough and I was never really like, I was never white. Oh, don't even get me started on that. The funny thing is, how is that so available but actual products to take care of my hair were never available? That's actually a mad, that's a mad thing to say because you're 100% right. That's crazy because what? You know there's black people that live here because you're selling the relaxer. Oh my God, my yeah. mind is blown. But you yeah. aren't trying to have us look too black. Is that it? Welcome to the Texture Talks podcast. A monthly conversation talking about the real life experiences faced by the Afro, curly and textured head community. You will be getting dry humour, candid opinions, and some really vulnerable testimonies, sometimes from me and sometimes from special guests that I invite to give their perspectives. Expect the unexpected. I'm your host, Paige Lewin, a major hair enthusiast and active student of my own Afro hair. And I'll be honest, I'm here to learn something new right alongside you. And if you have any ideas on topics or guests for episodes, please let me know. Just go over to texturetalks.co.uk and submit your ideas. This podcast will be built by us for us. And I cannot wait to hear your ideas. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Good, babe. How are you? I'm just admiring the glow. And I know Aww. people will comment about it because it's a very visible glow. It's not like a oh, complimentary you. glow. No, you're welcome. Like the glow is gleaming through the screen. So you look fabulous. And I'm so happy that you're here. Talk to me. And yeah. Let's, let's keep it all the way. 103,002 million about okay. living in Germany as a black person because I have my own ideas about what that might be like. I have been, I've been a few times with my work and I went to Dusseldorf. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe I was the only black person I saw there. So I do want to know from your perspective what it was like. I might be wrong. I can only speak on my own experience, which is what I'm going to yeah, do Yeah, of today. course, disclaimer. So, <laughs> just a brief disclaimer. <laughs> So, like you said, you were the only black person growing up, even in school, I was the only black person. Really? So, I would say that already it's a very isolating um, experience. Mm. And just growing up, and you kind of don't, you do have your own identity, but you kind of are always trying to match other standards, if that makes sense, because if everybody around you looks a certain way, Mm. um, then there's already a standard, a certain standard that is set, if that makes sense. Yeah. Is it almost um, like you have to fulfill the role of the black girl because you're kind of the only one? Do you know what it is? Before movies and everything, because mm. this is in the 90s when I was growing up there, right? Yeah. Before all of that, there wasn't a stereotypical black girl. So mm. I was basically just being me. And, okay. um and of course, I realized that I was different. And I think the first time that I realized that I was different was when I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were drawing, as you know, kids do. And somebody said, could you please pass me the nude color, right? Mm-hmm. Direct mm-hmm. translation. And I passed them brown. And they were like, not that color. 
possibly the white one, like the, you know, the more That's beige so interesting. One. That's your nude. Yeah. That's my nude, you know? And, and if you ask me for nude, then obviously I'm going to give you brown because I am brown, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the first time I really, like, it dawned on me that, hey, I'm actually different. Yeah. Looking around, I'm the only person that looks like me. Um, and so I went home and we had that conversation that, you know, just like, just happened. That Sweetheart, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to have to break it to you. Okay. Um, yeah. And your parents, talk to me about the lineage. So my mom's Kenyan mm-hmm. and my dad is Somali. Mm-hmm. And, and even that wasn't common growing up because even yeah. when I did meet other black people, it would usually be from the West of Africa. So even there, yeah. I didn't quite fit in um, mm. because obviously the culture's different, the customs are different, but it was the closest thing that I knew to, you know, my own culture and my own yeah. people. Um, so yeah, in a way, I always stood out. I was never like really black enough and I was never really like, I was never white oh, Don't even get me started on that I have experienced the exact same thing so I grew up when I was younger Bristol um and when I went to school I started speaking the way you hear me speak now because I was one of maybe two or three black people at the school and I just thought listen I need to sound like them because if I don't sound like them no one's gonna play kissy chase with me I'm not gonna get a little boyfriend at playtime I'm not going to get any any friends. Like, no one's going to talk to me if I sound, like, hella black. So then I started speaking like this, and then I went to uh, secondary school in North. Are you sure? Oh, okay. Uh, and all the black girls were like, where were you raised? Why do, Why are you like this? And I was yeah. black enough. I got bullied profusely because oh all goodness. of the... Yeah, all the black girls with the baby hairs laid and the Mackenzie jackets and the crepe. Yeah, they were like, oh, no, 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 you aren't, you don't come with us. You stay over oh. there with them. It was so no sad. So I know how that feels because it's like the, the white people are always asking you questions and the black people are like asking you questions as well. Like, does your mom listen to Westlife? Do you like Coldplay? Oh. So it just becomes a whole thing of like, where do I fit in? So I completely yeah. get how that feels. But at least, I guess with me, there were visibly a lot of black people, even in Bristol, even yeah. in, in England, there, there still were. Imagine feeling like that and there really isn't a huge black community. That must feel really stressful, especially as a child. <laughs> yeah, it was really um, isolating because obviously I couldn't, nobody could identify with the black experience, with my yeah. experience, basically. And then um, there were always like little stereotypes and it wasn't yeah. like an open conversation like it is today, you know, mm. that there's, you know, a certain prejudice. Is it prejudice? Prejudice? I'm not English. Prejudice? Prejudice, yes. There's a certain prejudice that's attached to obviously being black or looking mm. a certain way. Um, and so when I like mentioned to my friends that I thought somebody was being a bit off with me, or someone yeah. was being a bit judgy, or it's like walking into a shop, someone who's following me around, they're like, oh, you're just being paranoid, you know, just, you know, what, you, what you're saying, like, we don't, we don't, we can't believe you in that, in that sense, because they didn't understand, obviously, what I was going through, yeah. and so in a certain sense, it was isolating, um, and then obviously when I came to the UK, like you mentioned, you went, I didn't know that you went to Nottingham, because I went to Nottingham, um, yeah. I went to university in Nottingham, 
literally same uni. Um, it was a hype ass uni. It was a good uni. Really? As in, like, I had I had fun. I don't know about like academia, so to speak. I feel like the uni of was like the academics, and we were the ones that were like mm, 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 having like a yeah. good time. <laughs> but it was amazing. I loved it. It was hella multicultural. Yeah. Um, and just coming to the UK, that was really a shock to me. Seeing yeah. so many black people in one place, I just thought, wow, this is, this wow. is great. I love it here. Do you get what I mean? And there's other different things like that I would notice. Like if I'd go to the drugstore, for instance, in Germany, they'd never accommodate for beauty products for black women. You know, I could never go into the shop and just, you know, just buy my own foundation. That was like, boring to me. I could never go into the shop and get my own hair products. You know, that catered to textured hair. Really? Yeah. And then when I came to the UK and these things are all like in just in just, just out in the shelves, just out here. <laughs> just out here. I was like, I was mesmerized. I just I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. That's um, mad. and and I went back to Germany, um obviously my family is still lives there. I went yeah. back this year and I went mm. to the shop and they had Cantu on the shelf and I was like, Wow, this is progress. Like this is beautiful. Progress. You're doing well, you know. <laughs> was it just Cantu? That was it? That was it. It was just Cantu. But I thought to myself, this is a good start. This you is, know this what? Praise where praise is due. I'm so sceptical and cynical. Fine. Okay? Yeah. But I'm thinking to myself, how did you... Mind blown. How did you manage then? Like growing up, talk to me about your hair care experience because I struggled with my hair care experience and I had black products in the shop. If you didn't yeah. have Cantu until like the last couple years, sis, what were you doing? <laughs> Let me talk you through it. Okay. So growing up, um, I didn't know much about my hair. Mm. And because my mom's Kenyan and my dad's Somali, the hair, the hair, the hair texture is a little bit different. So my mum obviously did her best, yeah. you know, as mums do. As um, but do. I didn't personally know a lot about my own hair. And, you know, she was trying to figure it out. What was her hair like? Her hair's a little bit more textured than mine, more tight curls okay. than okay. mine. Yeah. Um, and also she had it relaxed for most of right. her adult life when I knew her. So, okay. and mine was natural. So, you know... You get out of the habit of learning for um, you get out the habit of looking after your curls when your hair's relaxed. It's true. So when you have a child that has that curl pattern, you may not actually remember what to do with it if your hair's been relaxed. So yeah, fair. Carry on. Yes, absolutely. Um, So I remember coming to the UK for the first time as a family trip, which must have been like an 08 or something. And at the time, all the girls in the UK had their hair relaxed. All the girls that I saw, at least, all yeah. the ones that caught my hair. And I just remember going back to Germany and being like, Mom, I want that. You know, what they have, they look great. Oh, I want it. I don't care. And my mum was like, are you sure? Like, are, you, are you sure that's what you want to do with my hair? And she went and bought, you know, the kit. Oh, my God, yeah, the home kit that they should probably the not sell. Yeah, that that's the one. And the funny thing is, how is that so available, but actual products to take care of my hair were never available? That's actually a mad, that's a mad thing to say because you're 100% right. That's crazy because what? You know there's black people that live here because you're selling the relaxer. Oh my God, my yeah. mind is blown. But you yeah. aren't trying to have us look too black. Is that it? That's what it is. And that's why I'm oh trying to say that there was a certain standard 
that was considered beautiful, you know, that European yes. kind of beauty. And obviously, being different, that never fit into that. No. Um, and so I had my hair relaxed. And then I went on holiday without my mom, right? And I didn't okay. know what to do with my hair. I did not know how to care for my hair. And it broke so badly. Yes. Like, it was so damaged from the relax. I was just doing whatever I wanted to it. I didn't know how yeah. to care for it. Yeah. Um, and then after that yeah. holiday, I had to say goodbye to my hair because, you know, it was short hair. It was long hair. Just... It was doing whatever it wanted in the back. Um, it had to go. <laughs> yeah, it had to go. Did you do a chop? Like a, a big old chop? I did a chop. Or... I did yeah. a big chop. And I was so sad. I remember my mom kept cutting my hair and I was, I was just crying hysterically. <laughs> I, I didn't want it. Um, and from that day, I just told myself, look, I'm going to learn how to take care of my hair. I'm not going through this again. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going through this again. I'm not cutting my hair off again. Yeah. I don't care what people think about my hair anymore. I'm going, to lo- I'm going to learn how to love it. I'm going to learn how to take care of it. And I Good. think from then, I kind of like started doing research. Yeah. On, um, on you know our type of hair for yeah. four type four type of hair, yeah. and um, and it grew, it started growing and flourishing. Your hair is so beautiful, honestly. For anyone listening to this, go to the Texture Talks YouTube, pause on Spotify or wherever you listen to, it and go come watch it because <laughs> the lady's hair is so stunning. And wait, when did you do this chop? Because your hair is mad long. Um, I must have done it. In 2013, around about then. Thank God. I was really scared that you were going to be like, um, 20, like, 21. I'd be like, no. <laughs> Blasphemous. No. But no, okay, I can accept that. <laughs> yes, it wasn't like in 2013. Um, oh, and God, since you then really I haven't done that. Oh, no, please don't be. Be encouraged, if anything. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, yes. I did the I did the, the whole chop thing. Mm. Um, and then I started researching products. To use yeah. and my mum had a friend from Brazil mm-hmm. and they're, they're a bit more advanced or they were a bit more advanced even back then when it came to oh. when it comes to curly hair and okay. so she'd bring products over and I realised they really they really worked for my hair mm-hmm. like they really nourished my hair back to health my hair was growing it was okay. moisturised the curl pattern started coming up that's the first time I think I realised that I do have a curl pattern I didn't know <laughs> before that I didn't know before that yeah this is before the whole woke movement started and we started oh, hearing yeah. about you know hair types and all of that thing so yeah this was new was you were like me. oh my god new girl who did absolutely absolutely so this is like a new discovery of self you know yes. and of my hair um and then after that mm-hmm. I came to the UK mm-hmm. and that's when I discovered that look there's more out here in the world oh my God. there's more when it comes to hair care for black women yeah and look I tried it all I tried it all I was trying out new product products every single weekend if I could. Yeah. I was really, really happy to know that there are products that actually do cater for our type of hair. Yeah. And so, yeah, I started taking care of my hair using different products and just experimenting, really, seeing what so, would work for my hair. I think that experience of trying new products, especially when it feels 
like really new and you're just like, oh my God, like there's so much. Initially, tell me if I'm wrong, really exciting, really fun. You're just like, oh my God, there's this shea, this, then butter, this, then pill cream, this. And you're like, bah, bah, bah. and then <clears throat> I feel like there's a shift where the novelty wears off a little bit and mm-hmm. you're spending a lot of money every weekend mm-hmm. and you're kind of like okay well we've moved on from relaxer or for me wigs we've moved on okay and now I see my curls and I like my curls but now I'm looking to elevate <laughs> now I'm looking to take that next step and I feel like I'm stagnating a little bit where mm-hmm. the products that I'm using it's either too confusing or my hair's now got like too much product there was a point where I remember the product was so dry, I could almost see it in my hair because I tried to do lots of curl definition and I was yeah. like scr- doing all the scrunchies and then the gel and then the sheen spray. But then if you dare to like pull your hands through it, it would sometimes like flake off or there'd be like dry little white bits. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about how you've managed to like find a routine and refine that sort of big funnel of products, that discovery part of your life. How have you refined it down? Because I feel like based on um, your Instagram, which I follow profusely, I feel like you've worked out things that work for you instead of just yeah. trying everything, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but you also have to consider that I've been doing this for quite a while. I didn't yeah. just start. Um, and it is a journey trying to figure out, you know, what actually does work for your hair because somebody could have the same exact texture as yours, yep. but the products that they use or the routine that they have doesn't work for you, Preach. right? And so it took a while for me to know what actually does work for my hair, what my hair likes, what it doesn't like, what it rejects. Yeah. Um, and... Like you said, it is a journey. Yeah, it really is. Like, would you say there are products that you swear by today that you always yes. use? Or do you, do you still try different things? I do have my staples, I would say. My core. <laughs> I do, yeah. But I do still try different things. I would still go yeah. to the hair shop and say, hmm, whoa, what is this? Let me shock my hair today and try something different. And sometimes it goes really well. And then sometimes yes. it just goes horribly wrong where I'm like never try never. this again never. never never okay talk to us about what your core products are that people must know because that your hair is stunning thank you so um when it comes to products I think I don't go off the brand to start with I go yes. by the ingredients so yes. when you look at all my products I make sure that I choose products that don't have sulfates that don't mm-hmm. have parabens that mm-hmm. don't have a whole list of ingredients that just are not good for you. So let's talk about staples. And yeah. I would say that my staples when it comes to shampoo, it is the Shea Moisture. Mm-hmm. No clue what it's called, but it's the dark one. It's like really, okay. really dark. Notice. You know what I mean? It, it looks yeah. like yeah. really brown. Is the, uh, is the liquid really dark or is the bottle really dark? The liquid is really dark. The bottle, I think, has like mm. a, a yellow label, maybe. Oh, I think I know what you label. mean. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Shea Moisture. Is it a clarifying condi- uh, shampoo, sorry, or like a moisturizing shampoo? Do you remember? Ooh, I do not remember. I'll tell you what, after this, find it, and then I'll put it on your uh, Texture Talk episode page. I'll okay, put the that's on perfect. That is literally perfect. Yes. And the reason why I chose the, per- the perfume, the reason why I chose the shampoo is because... It doesn't have all of those things. It's yeah. animal cruelty-free. And nice. one thing that's really important for me when I use a shampoo is that it doesn't strip my hair of its natural oils. 
Yeah. So after I've used it, I don't feel like my hair is really stripped. Like, it's hard for me to comb through it. Like, yeah. it's frizzed up. It's just, yeah. I, I'm trying to work with my hair and not against my hair. Yeah. So that's really Good. important for me as well when it yeah. comes to a shampoo. Um, one thing that I've started doing is pre-pooing. Oh. I've that heard mixed reviews about this pre-poo. Really? I don't know. Talk to me about what you do. So what I do is, I call it pre-pooing, but I'm not sure it's yes. pre-pooing at all. <laughs> so what I actually do is I just condition my hair before I shampoo it. So I put conditioner in my hair, I comb through it so that when the shampoo comes, my hair is already in a state where I could just wash it, wash it through and it won't be tangled. Do you guys? And then, and then not you, not, you don't you don't condition it again afterwards. Is that you? So you just do it in reverse. I do condition. So I condition, shampoo, condition again. Okay. And then wash it out. Oh and that's on the day so when I'm not really doing like a deep condition. But yeah. Oh my god! And then how often, say a month, do you do that? Is that daily? Ooh. No, I don't wash my hair daily. Okay. At all. Um, no. I would say, depending on, like right now, I blow dry through it, so it will stay like this for about maybe five days. Okay. To seven days. But yeah. when I've got my natural curls out, yeah. I will aim to wash it every three to four days. Okay. And you do that yes. when you do? I do that when I do it. But that's because that's what works for me. Past yes. that point, I just feel my hair getting really dry. I have normal porosity hair, so medium porosity hair, which yeah. means that my hair can absorb moisture easily, but it also loses moisture easily. Yeah. Which means that I need to get keep it moisturized as well. Okay, this is so time. interesting. And tell me something on your hair care journey that you feel like you've learned that you could share with, like, anyone that has curly hair like all curls like for me something I love to do now when I put product on my hair in the morning I use a hair dryer to dry it so I don't just mm -hmm. sit with the oil because apparently if you sit with a moist scalp then it could have all kinds of ramifications like you can get thrush and you can end up like um you can end up something about there's something about like sitting and letting your hair air dry and letting the the moistness just sit on your scalp that basically isn't good for your head. So okay. if you dry the product first, it means that the product obviously is still there. And a lot of the times when I've learned about people blow drying and saying that it's really bad for your hair, it's normally how long the heat is on your hair in one particular mm -hmm. place, how much you're brushing it as well and how frequently you blow dry but if you're just doing it then it's absolutely fine so that's the tip that i think everybody should use because i use it daily so do you have like an equivalent that i can steal <laughs> um so in regards to that if you don't want to use a hair dryer they actually have these really cool heating pads you know like the ones that you could use for like you know when it's that time of the month like a heating yeah. pad with kernels like with cherry kernels in it they have one for your head so what you do is when you, obviously this is not to dry it, but if you've got um, product that you want absorbed or you do yeah. like, a deep, um, like a deep treatment, you yeah. can then um, put like a shower cap on and then you yeah. put on the, the heating pad on top of it and that works great. I think your content is fantastic. So tell people how they can find you, please. Um, thanks. I feel very humbled by this conversation. It's true. And you can find me um, on 
underscore Queen underscore. I think I've put it on the screen. For- you have, but you know, as I say, for those, I'm not even going to cuss out the people that are just listening because I'm really grateful to you, and I don't want you to delete the podcast because I dragged you. But also, do watch it because like, then you'll be able to see these things. Okay, yes. so Instagram underscore Queen like underscore fabulous. If anybody has any questions or anything like that, would you be happy and open if they dropped you a message on Instagram? That's perfectly fine. My inbox yeah? is open to you. And that's not for, listen, if anybody's crusty son is listening and thinks that that is a go-ahead to hop in this lady's DM sponsored by Texture Talks, you are wrong. That is not the point of this. Do you understand? This is for hair tips. Okay? Yes. In the meantime, guys, tighten your bonnet, oil your scalps, and protect your edges. And I will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the Texture Talks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, then please support the movement. (laughs) Like, subscribe. And if you do have a few minutes to leave a rating or a review, that would be amazing. And of course, share on socials and with any friends or family or fellow members of the Afro and Curly community that you really do think would enjoy it too. And don't forget, submit your ideas for our upcoming episodes go over to texturetalks.co.uk and make sure your voices are heard just as much as mine. Thanks, guys.